What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Dog. Today I am joined by one of the majestic voices from the Jock Reynolds mailbag, one of the greatest contributors to the platform, to the game of Supercoach that we've seen in a long time. Oh wait, demo's unavailable. Okay, Clarky, Clarky, you join us. Look, it's it was it was right of you to flex on me in the intro with getting my hopes up and then dashing them, much like Melbourne did to me against Damo's team. So I think it's only fitting that he gets to shit on me twice in a week. It was uncalled for, but geez, it was enjoyable. How are you, my friend? How is your season going? And how are you feeling about Supercoach heading into the buys? There's... There's this really difficult position that I'm in with my team at the moment. And obviously, it's the buy rounds, and we're going to talk about that. Don't don't need to worry about that, dear listener. Um, but dear readers, I have been having a really good season, and that season the last couple of weeks has started going really bad. Uh, I feel like it's a bit of a downturn, like the the rookie carnage on Thursday and Friday, and then now we're into buys, and it looks like we're going to have some really key targets missing for a week which is handy Mm. so i'm hoping that i can find a way to turn this around and then maintain a top 10k finish um and then keep on clawing as high as i can within there but who knows it's football melbourne are doing bad and super coach is going bad it's it's all happening for me (laughs) well let's uh before we get into the buyer chat who to trade in what rookies you need all that rubbish Seems to be a particularly high amount of injuries heading into round 12 and a particularly high amount of suspensions, particularly to premium players. So we'll cover that off. But the first thing I want to talk about is the new positions that were handed out by the folks at Champion Data. Clarkie, and I'll just quickly read through the names, the positions. If there's any you want to talk about, let's talk about them. But like... It seems to be every time we do this, there's not many that are relevant. All right, speed round. Chase Jones, Adelaide defender, now defense mid. Ed Kerno, Carlton mid, now mid forward. Love that. Zach Fisher, Carlton forward, now mid forward, playing in the reserves. Still got bumped up to mid forward. Matt Kennedy, in his infinite wisdom, uh, has been given defense mid. Because we know Matt Kennedy, the inside big body midfielder, was a great defender. Billy Frampton, defence ruck for Collingwood now. Ben Hobbs, Essendon forward, now a mid forward. Xavier Halloran, Greater Western Sydney, was a mid, now is a mid forward. Lockie Bramble for Hawthorne, defence, now defence mid. Harry P- Harrison Petty, plays for Melbourne, was a defender, now a defender forward. Dylan Williams for Port, I think, was a forward, now defence forward. Riley Bonner, defence, was 
was defence, now defence mid. Darcy Byrne-Jones was defence, now defence forward. Ben Miller was defence, now defence ruck. Xavier O'Neill was a mid, now is a mid forward. Luke Edwards was a mid, now a mid forward. Anthony Scott was a mid, now a mid forward. And Jack McRae was a mid and is now a mid forward. Clarky, do any of these people matter? Well, look, there's only one that's actually, you'd probably say important in quotation marks. Uh, and that's Jack McRae. Uh, obviously, I think what with his forward status now, I think I saw Tim Michelle pointing out somewhere that that makes him the fourth overall forward in terms of points. Uh, and that's juicy. Uh, he's pretty cheaply priced at the moment, and it's probably the week where a lot of people are going to jump on. Uh, but the more fun, the fun weekend dad in me says Ben Hobbs uh, forward mid. Does that make him slightly more attractive? A kind of a little bit. And he's pretty good at football sometimes if you want someone that's cheap and you can just watch occasionally and have a good time with that. There'll be no endorsement of Ben Hobbs on this damn podcast. Purely because... this week. Yeah, but he played West Coast and scored 75. So I just... He's he's at awkward price. He's 370k. Yes, DPP does make him more attractive. Yes, in theory, he should be playing more in in the engine room at Essendon, but the fact is he hasn't scored more than 90 this year, and uh, he scored as low as 28. I know that was probably sub-effective, blah, blah, blah. But Jack McRae, yes, fourth-ranked forward by total points now. He's the 11th-ranked mid, and he's 14th, uh, 16th overall for total points. So I've been disappointed with him. Well, not really. I think the public perception is that we've been disappointed with him, but he's still been a top 20 dude, which is good. I think it's it comes down to our, our favourite, well, let's say least favourite side of any meal, which is a Bevo salad. Uh, he's, he's really sort of suffered, I think, in terms of role. Like, there are... There's a run of three games where his 96, 88, 81 against Hawthorne, GWS, and Carlton, where I think he played predominantly on the wing, if I remember correctly, and also moving around to just fill some other gaps in there. But back to back to back 145s against Adelaide and Gold Coast means that Bevo's finally run out of salad and is heading back to the mini bar or the buffet to load up on some more. But I think as a forward at 574, really, it's it's one of those things, right, where it's the hindsight where if you started him as a mid, you're probably going, oh, shit, well, that's kind of not worked out for me a little bit. But then if you throw that forward status in there, I think that makes him much more attractive and you're willing to sort of ride that roller coaster because he's not taking up a spot that is predominantly you know, for the people who are the highest scoring in the game, despite those, you know, back-to-back 145s. But that dip there probably would have had you wondering if you made a good choice. No, never in doubt. Uh, (laughs) Never, (laughs) ever doubted it. Uh, He's only 10% of teams. And I'll say this, with the additions of of mid-season DPPs, I've been less interested in worrying about, like, my whole thing was always, if someone's available in defence, play them in defence. If someone's available in forward, play them in forward. If someone's available as a mid only, you have to have them in the mids. I'm less worried about that now. I'm looking at the guys, like, just in my team, who are all roughly top 20 guys. Asterisk, haven't actually checked. Tim Taranto, Connor Rosie, Seven Guinea Gliog, Jack McRae, Errol Goulden, they're all like mids 
but I can play them in the forward line and I'm not so worried about where they line up as long as at the end of the year I've got a decent selection of the top sort of 20 guys. But yes, uh, I think Jack McRae, for those who don't have him, 574K, so he's 60K cheaper than the start of the year, break even of 41. He averages against Geelong only the 89 points, but... Last few scores, 82, 107, 97. Like, he, he's solid. I, I think you should be picking him with relative confidence. Yeah, he's probably the only one from that list. Sorry. Uh, if Yeah, if you're upgrading this week, uh, he, he's, the, he's the target, I think, with the first week of buys upon us. That's, that's literally the one. As Zach Merritt was last week, um, I think Jack McRae is the number one with a bullet. Yeah, I think so. I, look, there's this isn't a week I'm be looking to upgrade in, knowing that pretty much, who, well, knowing that whoever you bring in is going to miss games, and that applies as well to James Sicily, who I bought in last week, and he's got 172, which makes me happy. But That's now good. that 172 is basically like uh, an 85 because, oh, I can't do math. I don't know if that's correct. An 86 because guess what? He's not playing. So here are the suspensions from last round. Adam Chera, he's appealing it. Luke Parker, he's appealing it. James Sisley has accepted a one-week suspension. Very frustrating. Jaeger Ramirez appealing. Rory Laird, another frustrating one because a lot of people jumped on him last week. He's accepting a suspension. And Dane Zorko, of course, water is wet. Dane Zorko has been suspended. So obviously, if they're premiums you have, you hold them. But very frustrating for those who potentially traded in both uh, Laird and Sicily for, say, a Clayton Oliver last week, who might miraculously appear again this week. Yeah, I think, and I I, uh, I didn't make any trades last week. I, I somehow decided to, that that was the go, but Sicily was the one I was looking at, and I kind of feel like I've dodged a bullet there. But I can imagine, e- even watching the replay, because I'm assuming it, it, this is for the, the shove uh, after the free, is that the the incident that they're referring to in terms of giving him that one week? I, I would assume that is. Let's go because it was a bit of a <laughs> very James Sicily thing to do, and it was not good. Uh, but also just watching it, going, why? Why would that be it? Um, and if it was a tackle, then uh, fine, I, I take it back. But I assume it's for the absolutely rubbish thing that he did, which is the funniest narrative to me. Um, but you probably hold you probably hold these guys through their one week. Unfortunately, you're essentially yeah, missing two buy. weeks. But yeah, it's not worth it's not worth moving them on if that's the extent to what they're going to miss. Yeah, you probably most coaches uh, probably have a plan already for who they are targeting to move on. So your Sam Simpsons, possibly your even your Hollands or um, Will Mott's. Um, if you still have them, they're probably it's the time to get rid of those guys. So working around in that best eighteen is probably the best move. Yep. Uh, before we discuss the buyers, and remember, we only need eighteen players to be scoring because only eighteen players score during the buy rounds. It's your top eighteen on-field players, bench players. If your field is full, bench players do not count. You can loophole players who have the buy. I'm just preempting all of the questions we're going to get, Clarky. Yep. And you can use three trades without using a boost, four trades with using a boost, if any boosts still exist in the game. These are all factual statements. You're welcome. 
there's a few before we get into like who you need to trade, who we need to hold, that sort of stuff. Just a few injuries that are worth noting. So the entire Carlton list got injured on Friday night, which might mean good things for like a Chin Cotter if you own him. Probably didn't expect to see him back, but now with Hewitt, Newman, Hollands, Cripps, uh, Pittnet, bloody everyone going out injured, there may be an opportunity for him to come back in the side, which is good. Over at the uh, Fremantle Football Club, Sean Darcy went down and there's some interesting... We're recording this on Monday. We don't know what the extent of these injuries are yet. But if he's out for any sort of period of time, there's a plethora of options in the ruck we can look at, including one far cheaper option, Clarky. Oh, I I know the name that you're about to drop and I I really want him. I want him this week. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to get him. And the good news is for some, if you look at it this way, another Ruckman was subbed out who many people had, and that's Sava Radigalia. So subbed out with a hamstring tightness injury. Not sure he may miss, in which case he is a prime trade candidate. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Unlucky for those who bought in Rory Atkins because he was subbed. And I think that is the majority of relative uh, supercoach relative injuries, other than, of course, Phoenix Spicer sadly subbed out from the in the North Melbourne game with just the 11 supercoach points. I know a few people out there will be mad about that. Not really because no one owns him, but I'm mad about it because I, I love the Spice Rack, even though he's objectively bad at the game that he plays. Look, I, I don't necessarily have uh, a pro or con about Spicer getting subbed himself. Sad for the young man. Uh, what I do take eye with that whole situation is Channel 7 making us spend an entire ad break thinking that Harry Sheasel was about to be subbed with injury. Do better. <laughs> do better, Channel 7. Raise your game. I was, I was texting group chats and I had to retract some texts. Like, it's just not good. Not good continuity. Get it right. Don't scare us you like did- that. You did have us panicking, mate. Well, I, I was panicking. <laughs> we were we were all panicked. Let's talk, Bubby. Bubby. Let's talk bubble Let's players. Talk Bubby. Let's talk bubbies. Let's talk bubble players. And I think there's. Let's start down at North Melbourne because there's a couple to look at there. There's George Wardlaw at one ninety three thousand eight hundred break even of negative sixteen. Scored just the forty three on the weekend. And there's Eddie Ford, break-even of negative 114. He's a forward, 123-900. And he has scored. He turned up in his first game, and he scored 83 in his second game. Much to my surprise, let's talk about it, Clarkie. Are these guys that we need to have in our teams? With a, with a minus 114 for Eddie Ford and 123K, I don't think if he's named... It's kind of a like, well, wh- why, why not? You know, he's exciting. He's he's just another one of those young kids that North has on the list. That's like, yep, cool. You know, when things are going right for them, or they get their opportunities to shine, and you know, the same same would be said about George Wardlaw. George Wardlaw, Warlord. Sorry, uh, got that wrong. Um, Warlord is he's some kind of player. The the score doesn't reflect it, but. You know, in a game where North were getting belted, both of these guys really, you know, when they had their opportunities, they did 
did their best with them. So they passed the eye test for me in a side that is destined for 17th or 18th, depending on if maybe West Coast want to make a late charge for second last place for some reason. They don't. <laughs> they very much don't. It would be interesting uh, yeah. to tank getting Harley Reid as well as tanking a season. Yeah, well, I I had this conversation today with a, with a friend of mine that even if they do, West Coast find themselves find themselves with pick number one, which they'd like to. Uh, there's still a decent chance they don't end up with Harley Reid. I think there's some things on the table for them. Let's talk about that. Well, we won't because this won't exist in the off-season anymore because I'm retiring, but let's talk about that in the off-season. Go to Dog on Twitter at the end of this year and we'll be talking about it. You see me melt down about free agency compensation. Eddie Ford, I think, is a lock, just an easy selection, assuming his name, absolute lock. I think think Wardlaw's a lock as well, to be honest. I know he scored 43, but I'm happy to bring him in. 194K, yes, it's elevated, but... I'm going to triple downgrade this week. I think that's the plan personally, which will net me three warm bodies this round and approximately 500 plus K for upgrades, which is what I think we should be doing. We should be using these rounds to complete our teams. That's the goal. And we can do that with these rookies. So Ford and Wardler are locks. Now let's talk about the Ruckman. Let's talk about the Ruckman in the room. The break I'm man. a big... I'm a big Briggs man, and I loaded up in all of my keeper leagues on him a couple of years ago. I mean, he's been really good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so the the question will be, how long will they stick with him? Do they need to stick with him? Is there anyone else waiting in the wings? But if he's doing good work, I'm I'm a huge fan. And another one who I watched that GWS game, and passed the eye test like he looked good out there he looked comfortable two scores in the 100 109 102 that's for two, 250 you're paying that elevated price yes um but you know people bought up on rory atkins and kieran briggs looks much better than that in terms of security and role so they're playing richmond this week which probably a tough matchup um ruck wise but gws i think uh Quietly building a case for them to make the top eight, given their run. There's a lot of winnable ones in there and a lot of 50-50s, I think. So Briggsy, he's scored 109 his first game, 102, 16 disposals and 17 disposals in both those games. A couple of tackles in each, three and five, a couple of marks, 22 hitouts and 34 hitouts, but he's also hit the scoreboard in each with a goal in each. And they've used him across uh, across his career They've actually played him with other Ruckman before and had him play. And admittedly, he's only played a few games here and there, but I've seen him play at fullback. I've seen him play at full forward. I've seen him play in the Ruck. So he does have some versatility. He's a big behemoth of a man. Break even of negative 64, projected to jump 60K with a score of 68. If he scores 100 again, which would be bloody amazing, he's going to jump 100K. Yes, we probably don't need the cash generation. But stepping down from a, and it'd be risky, but stepping down from a Sean Darcy to him would net you a lot of dollars and stepping down from a Asava Radigalia to Kieran Briggs would net you 100K. So my question to you is, can he be an R2? No. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) 
I think I think the the sane like the sane answer is to just go. Oh well, look, you kind of you kind of just taking a shot, really. Like you're you're struggling. You the the main the main thing about it is you're like, okay, I just want the cash. I'm going to spend it elsewhere. I've got other problems that I need to fix. But ultimately, I think you need you need someone more solid. Like you know, Sean Darcy is five sixty. Who do you really go to from there as well as the other options? So I can see the case for and against. My gut instinct says no, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. Just from a pure vibes <laughs> perspective, he has like ideally they've got the buy in round fifteen. Ideally, I guess the theory is he keeps performing. You downgrade Sean Darcy to him, upgrade somewhere else. Briggs generates over the next three weeks uh, two hundred grand. By scoring a hundred in every game, and you're ahead, but it's a it's a big ask. I am like my personal situation would be bringing him at R three and be using him as cover slash on field for this week. Rowan Marshall, yeah, for, to cover Rowan Marshall this week to cover Riley O'Brien in round fourteen, and then Briggs would have to. So he would be on field for me for two weeks. As my R three, which I'm, I, I think I'm content with. I think I'm happy to pay the two fifty k for him for two weeks of scoring. I think, I think that's a smart move. It look, it makes the most sense. Short of, like you said, in in the specific case that we're talking, Asava you need to replace to. Sean, yeah, Asava or Sean Darcy. Sean Darcy, you pretty much the only real option you can consider is Nank. 554 slightly cheaper you make pretty much let's just round it to zero you're not really making anything on that trade you're just covering the injury um if you're absolutely insane you go to ned reeves or you go for the cash gen option and bring in briggs the brig boy i like it i i think i'll be bringing Briggs this week yeah I'm, i'm bringing him in i'm just wondering that if i was a darcy owner if i'd be bringing him in I think I'd be tempted to. I think I'd be tempted to. It depends on what you're doing with the money as well, though. Like, if if that Darcy down to Briggs, you're yeah. going with the cash gen and you, you're going to try and figure it out, you know, Max Gorn's going to be dirt cheap in a couple of weeks mm. as well. So he's somebody who, theoretically, you could probably ride up like the, when the elevator starts going back up again because, I mean, Simon Goodwin came out and said that Gorn's playing himself into form, still coming back from that MCL, um, which, you know, you never really know how much truth is in there. But say, you know, that money from Darcy to Briggs gets you from Ashcroft to, you know, take your pick, Jack McRae, whoever, then you're still plus points theoretically. Yeah. It, it's a tough one as well. Anyone you bring in this week is going to be having ha- missing a game over the next four weeks. Mm. So, is it a cash? Is it a downgrade at Darcy to a Briggs? And then the advice is probably to sit on that cash for it a week, which is going to kill people, and they're not going to want to do it. But I think it's a downgrade week. I don't think there's any reason to upgrade. Now there are a couple of names that people will be considering for upgrading this week which we yep. will go through now. So the, these are your cheaper options. Not cheaper options. These are your underpriced premiums that people are looking at. 
that don't have the buy this week. So Jordan Ridley, who's had two very good weeks despite burning me many times in the past. You've got Bailey Dale, who I've had all year and has absolutely burnt me. You've got Jack McRae, who's dirt cheap, who's just gained forward status. You've got, I don't know, let, let's let's call it a, a Sam Doherty as well. But there's this ilk of player that still have a really low break even. They're going to generate cash and potentially going to be out of your price range after this week. So let's focus more on the Ridley's, Bailey Dale, Jack McRae's, because I think they're three three of the biggest trade-in options this week for people. Yeah, as <laughs> much any as I of them entice you. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it as well, I'd say Jordan Degoe probably sits on that list of... I mean, look, I... He's just... I just... As well as he's playing, he's just so... Like, five... I guess 543k isn't super expensive, but, like, it would... It kills me to spend on a guy who's 75 grand more expensive than he was at the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I... I still I couldn't go past Jack McRae. If if you wanted me to pick someone for this week, I don't think I could go past it. Five seventy four for a man who not that long ago was the guy for Supercoach. Yeah. Just the the be all end all, the oh well don't start him, so he's too expensive round one guy. Um and he's on his way back up. <laughs> like playing Geelong he this is. week. Yeah, playing Geelong this week, uh, as well with no danger field, like they're just the Bulldogs mids are going to run a mark, really. Jack McRae's rankings by total points currently 16th, last year 6th, 1st, 5th, 2nd, 9th, 11th. And that was his real breakout year, where in uh, 2017. So in that time, hasn't averaged below 107. If you take out that breakout year, him currently averaging 109.6 is his lowest. He's always always ends up above 115, 120. So given you can get him at sub 600K and as a forward and as a pod because most people either jumped off or avoided him, I think you're right. Looking at it now as well, the something really interesting, and I know it's only Monday as of time of recording, but in terms of most traded in, players not in my team. Jack McRae is only third. And in the top one percent is fourth. And that's only just changed now. He wasn't even in it about five minutes ago when I've updated mm. it. So he might still remain a bit of a pod. Like Yeah we'll, we'll people... see as things get I, I guess people it's just gonna be depend how de- desperate people get uh yeah. in terms of chasing rank. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the to be fair, the fifth uh, most traded in player at the moment in the top 1% is uh, Osin Mullen. Yeah, we don't go early on rookies on this podcast, and that remains our position, except for <laughs> last week where we said it might be okay to go Wardlaw or Ford. That was only because I was pressured into it. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Ridley for $428,700. He is in 8,392 teams right now. He was in over 20,000 teams to start the season. He scored 130 on the weekend, backing up a score of 122. He's cheap as shit at 428,000. Yep. Are we ready to get hurt again? 
I mean, why not? Like, there's there's really no reason not to. He's, you know, unless you've got the cash to go Redmond. But either one seems to be doing fine. But they are playing North this week. So that could be good or bad. Um, <laughs> definitely one of the two. Well, look, I mean, think about it this way. I think, you know, Darcy Moore crawled himself to a 93 and he played exceptionally well uh, against North on the weekend. So it's one of those things where, well, how much damage are the defenders really needing to do? So it mm. depends on which Essendon turns up. If Essendon go out and absolutely blitz them, then, you know, Redmond and Ridley theoretically aren't going to see many goals uh, and any goals heading their way or any, but Redmond might kick a goal. So um, I don't know if I'm ready yet. 420 is really... He's really, really cheap. It's he's the really, perfect really storm. It's the perfect storm of, well, look, I've got Will Powell and that kind of hasn't worked out for me. So why not bring in Ridley instead? Um, but also I could just wait. <laughs> I could just yeah. wait a week and do it next week or whatever. He's, he's only averaged above 100 in 2020, which doesn't count. Averaged 99 in 2021, 92 in 2022, and he's averaging 88 right now. Here's my thing. He'll probably average you 90, maybe 95 from here on out for the rest of the season because he will score 130s and then he'll score 40s, which he just does. That's what he does. And I don't think, even though his cash, he currently is so cheap, I don't think 90s are enough for me. I just think it's a bit of a middling selection. Yeah, Am I going like, to put him in the cheap sheet? Cheat sheet. He uh, he'll probably go in the cheat sheet as green, which is a bit cheaty, isn't it? Because I'm saying don't pick him right now. The thing about it, right, as well, and, and you're 100 percent correct. Where it's like, well, where's the like, what's what's the upside? And at the mm. moment, even based on current, like he's had two games over 120. Previous to that. He's had a 107 in round one against Hawthorne. And then after that, his top score is a 96, but it's like a 70, 96, 88, 91, 82, 78. And then the injury affected 18. So cut that out. Like, I think you're probably right. It seems like he's just one of those guys who's going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to average 95, but you're going to go next year and look at my scores. You go, oh, well, we had a couple of games where he scored like 140 points for some reason. And then... yeah. That bumps them up. So I just I can't I can't see it being the play this week. I'd probably rather go Redmond, to be honest. If I had yeah. to pick two Essendon defenders. Yeah. I, I would pick Redmond too. And but again, this isn't an upgrade week. This is the content always dries up for us in these weeks because I, I yeah. get boring and I say, guys, like what are we what are we doing here? Everyone you bring in like everyone you bring in is going to have a rest. So they have to be really cheap or they have to be unmissable. And I don't think, I don't think Jordan Ridley's unmissable. I think Jack McRae might be unmissable. Let's talk about, and just because I've had this question and I've had to keep saying, I own this player. I don't think you should pick him. Bailey Dale. People are getting excited. No, Joe Hannison. He scored a one for one and a one Oh eight. Jeez, he's looked good. This is the Bailey Dale we remembered. This is why we should jump on. I started him and I don't want people to jump on. And that's not like me being scared. That's me thinking he's not good enough <laughs> to be selected. 483K. Do you have any thoughts on him? Don't do it. 
I've, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I said last week on the mailbag, right, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in this now more than ever as it starts getting to like the halfway points of the season, that kind of thing where it's like you need to remember to take a second and talk about the things that you've done well this season because not everything's shit. However, mm. that being said, Bailey Dale, and I'm going to throw into the same basket, Will Day, two things this season that have just been absolutely shithouse for me because I started Will Day and Bailey Dale. I traded, I, in the first round, I was like, oh, well, I got to get Nick Dacos. So I'll get rid of one of those two because they both scored terribly. Got rid of Will Day. Bailey Dale stinks it up for the next couple, like the next week as well. And I'm like, all right, well, mm. shit, I've got other problems. Keep that. I end up getting rid of Bailey Dale as well. And now I've brought in Will Day again. And Will Day is shit again. So (laughs) the lesson is, listeners, don't do it. Like, it's just not worth it. Like, follow somebody based on consistent form, not based on a couple of games or one game here or there. And that goes for both good and bad. I wouldn't be doing it. It's, like you said, it's just not the week. It's not the week to do it. Jack McRae is the only player that you should even be considering bringing in and that would possibly even be because you've got right on 18 and that pushes a bad yeah. a bad 18th player out of your side so a Rory Atkins or whoever it might be as your 18th person and you get a primo score in there or alternatively you have less than 18 and you need the premium like just if you can do it just do it and then deal with kick the can down the road Agreed. Agreed with all that. The best thing Will Day has done for me all year is when I traded him in during his suspension and I was able to use him as a loophole and I finished quite highly in the rankings that week. So uh, the highlight for me is that he wasn't in the team. Let's talk about players that we can move off on and it should be fairly obvious. Pretty much, unless you've got injured players, pretty much should be the guys on the bye this week, which headline is Will Ashcroft, I would say. Will Ashcroft scored 52 on the weekend. He's $420,000, averaging 80 for the year. And it feels like this is the prime time to jump off. And for some reason, Supergoach isn't showing his break-even because he doesn't have a game this week. Very strange. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, We love that. I think, hang on, let's have a look here. Yeah, it's set as zero. So thank you, Supercoach website. Uh, yes, glad glad we have those little gold numbers. Anyway, we love you, Supercoach guys. We know you work hard. Um, this is the week. I think if you're going to do it, there's there's two mindsets, right? And I've been talking to Damo about this a lot. There's a case that you can make to hold Ashcroft as really deep bench cover if you can manage to do it somehow. Because Brisbane, he plays really well at the Gabba. All of his Decent scores this year, 105 against Melbourne at the Gabba, 103 against Frio at the Gabba, 124 against Gold Coast at the Gabba, throw in there as well, you know, a handful of like a 90 and a handful of high 70s, and they still play six more games at the Gabba this year, and in the next five, five weeks, they play three games at the Gabba. Gabba. Uh, I'll say it one more time. Gabba. Gabba. I found a place to see his break even. What is it? Is if it... You, you, this is a tip for anyone at home wanting to look at break evens for someone on the buy. Click on their player profile, scroll down to their upcoming fixture, and for some reason, it shows there. So he's come break evens 109. 
then it'll drop to, you know, mid-70s and that's where it'll sit for the rest of the year, you'd think. So I agree that of all of the rookies, he's probably the one you want to hold as buy depth throughout the buyers in particular, and he's one that is probably going to bounce back. But I'm also very much pro-maximising players on field this week and maximising upside potential next week. So I would even be tempted, like if I wasn't down, I don't have him, if I wasn't downgrading him this week, I'd still be advocating for upgrading him next week when he was playing anyway because you're going to be able to turn him into, you know, I can't think of a premium coming off the buy this week, but you'll be able to afford literally anyone. Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. So I'd rather have Andy Brayshaw in my team than True. Will Ashcroft. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with that. It's it's going to be a case by case. Um, yeah. You know, as Agreed. as we say, the so, asterisk is always taking your own personal circumstances in yeah. mind. Um, so are we going to call? We'll call him a fifty fifty. Yeah. Someone who isn't a fifty fifty is Darcy Wilmot. He needs to be traded out of our sides. Yep. Don't let the door having, hit you on the buy, Break even ninety. And did he scrape? Manage to scrape? Yeah, he got five thousand dollars with his twenty nine this week. So see you later, Darcy Wilmot, Connor McKenna. Same story. If you still own Connor McKenna, you can move him on. Ollie Hollands. If you still own Ollie Hollands, you can move him on. He's injured. He doesn't have the buy, but he's injured. Samson Ryan. I said to trade last week. He scored thirty nine. It's a tough one. If he's named this week and you're desperate for 18, do you have to hold a guy like a Samson Ryan who's going to lose cash? How much cash Rory Atkins? How much cash may he lose? Rory Atkins, I think, still, if he plays a full game, there's. I think his break even is something reasonable. It's like Uh, 44. Yeah, 44. 85% projected score of 70. I think. It's probably right on the line, um, but that 102 has kind of kept that down. But I think you could probably hold an Atkins. Samson Ryan, what is his break-even? His break-even is 101, so he, he'll lose. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, obviously, if he takes you to seven, if trading him for some reason takes you to 17, which in no circumstances should it, then you should hold him. But... In all likelihood, if you're trading a playing player this week, it's to get another playing player who's going to be better for your side. And Samson Ryan is not better for your side based on cash gen. So I think he can go. Uh, we mentioned Connor McKenna, Ollie Hollands, like a guy like Mateus Philippou, still in 21% of teams. If you have him, you can trade him. And then we're getting down to sort of your, your Liam Stockers. And I think I, I'm going to, I jumped off Liam Stocker last week, actually. He scored 77, which is bang on what he's done all year long, and he's been really impressive and really, really consistent. This is a great time to downgrade him to a cash-gen option or next week when he returns from the buy to upgrade him. Yeah, correct. I think that covers off pretty pretty much everyone. I'm just having a quick squeeze through the list. Yeah, that's that's the majority of, of like yeah. cash generators that have either Sam peaked... Simpson. Yeah, if you still own Sam Simpson. Yeah. If you still were an idiot that brought in Sam Simpson. Yeah, no, he can. No, I don't think it was necessarily a bad call to bring him in, but you can definitely move him on. Oh, sorry. I should make it clear for the community. I am the idiot in this scenario, (laughs) not you. 
But no, yeah, this is the week. Downgrade and start planning to fill your holes with uh, Frio players for next week. Damo says that to me a lot, but I think it's a different conversation. Clarky, <laughs> plug the stuff, plug the mailbag, plug all the things. That's right. Damo and I are the hosts of the Mailbag podcast. The Mailbag is recorded on Wednesday. So if you have a question for us, throw it on Twitter using the hashtag JockMailbag and we'll get it on our list. I believe our guest this week is the wonderful DR from Supercoach with DR. So a Brisbane Lions man. So we'll probably be able to probe him a little bit more about what's going on with Wilmot. Ashcroft, is Harry Sharp still still alive? Maybe. We'll find out. Um, but yes, that's that's us. Uh, we'll, that'll be out on hopefully Thursday. Very good. Let's play on. Go Blues. <laughs>